Welcome to HCMA Off the Record, your behind-the-scenes look and listen into the world of emergency management. This podcast is brought to you by Muriel Bowser, Mayor of Washington, D.C., and the District of Columbia Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency. From preparedness tips to intra-agency coordination to advice from the men and women responsible for protecting the district, HCMA Off the Record shares it all. Whether you're an EM nerd like us or learning about emergency management for the first time, come along for the ride. Good morning and happy Wednesday. Welcome back to HCMO Off the Record and thanks for tuning in. We've got a great episode lined up today to highlight strong women leaders in emergency management. We're proud to be part of the Bowser administration and work with so many dedicated women committed to building a safer, stronger, and more resilient DC. More specifically, we're thankful for the dedicated women at HCMA that are committed to helping district residents, businesses, and visitors better prepare for all threats and hazards. My name is Jerrica Shackelford, and I serve as HCMA's Deputy Chief of Staff. Today, I'm joined in our virtual studio by Carrie Speranza, who is HCMA's Deputy Director. We'll be chatting about our experience as women working in a traditionally male-dominated field, the importance of having a diverse workforce, and how women can make their mark on emergency management. And the district is unique specifically because our emergency management space is very diverse, and we'll talk about that a little bit more throughout the podcast. Carrie, thank you for joining us. Absolutely, and thank you for having me, Derek. I'm really excited to be here uh, talking about a topic that's really important. So to get us started, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to working in emergency management? To answer your question, I came to emergency management in an unconventional way, which is quite typical for this field of practice, as you know. I left undergraduate school with a degree in environmental science and immediately started working at an industrial hygiene firm. Less than 30 days later, Hurricane Charlie impacted Florida, and I was sent to assist with the hurricane relief efforts as a FEMA environmental contractor. What was supposed to be a 45-day deployment ended up lasting two years in the field, of which, might I add, not a single day was spent doing any environmental work, (laughs) but actual disaster response and recovery work. In that two-year time frame, I I helped response and recovery efforts for Hurricanes Charlie, Francis, Jean, Ivan, Katrina, Rita, and Wilma. Say that really fast five times. Um, Living in hotel rooms across areas of Florida, Mississippi, and Louisiana. yeah, at 22 years old, not only did I get a taste of long-term disaster work, but I interfaced directly with survivors, which forever changed my perspective about the fragility in our systems and communities. When you witness people losing their homes and, and your entire purpose in that moment is to help them physically try to clean up the mess, it can really affect you. And for me, it impacted my career in a very dramatic way. It lit a fire and showed me in a tangible way how I could make a difference. Not a day goes by that I don't remember those survivor interactions, and it motivates me to be the best emergency manager that I can be. That's an awesome story and and background, and thank you for sharing that with our listeners. From your perspective, can you talk a little bit about what role diversity plays in emergency management? Does having a diverse workforce help shift or impact the way emergency management responds to disasters? Yeah, diversity plays a huge role in the profession. How else can we serve the public if not for being able to walk in their shoes? But the truth is, emergency management isn't as diverse as it should be, and women are underrepresented across the board. If we're being fully transparent here, I'm often the only female at the table, and it's been that way my entire career. I've actually become quite comfortable in those situations, 
because it's my daily experience. Now, that said, if, if we look across the country, there are elements that are slowly becoming more diverse. Within the last year, NEMA sent out an article saying they had more female directors in their membership than ever before in their history. And if we look at the International Association of Emergency Managers, IAEM, and their executive board, over 50% are women, of which I've been lucky enough to be one for four years. Now, the counter narrative to these successes is that if we look at our federal partners, FEMA's senior leadership team has a much lower percentage of women than industry trends, and they've never had a permanently seated female administrator in the history of the agency. I do believe Nancy Ward was an acting administrator for five months in 2009, though. And just here in the National Capital Region of the 24 member jurisdictions, not one has a female director of emergency management, though several deputy directors are female, like myself. And while I'm only touching upon gender right now, race and ethnicity are at an even bigger gap. It's these gaps in perspective that make for incredibly skewed conversations in the conference rooms, <laughs> and skewed conversations only lead to short-sighted solutions. But I am very proud to work in an agency that is above the trend line. Here at HCMA, the majority of our workforce is diverse, be it gender, race, or ethnicity. We have a lot of folks in the younger generations making up our workforce as well, which I think can be chalked up to the profession increasing its graduate and undergraduate degree programs. It's these variations from what has historically been a profession comprised of middle-aged white men that makes HCMA's approach to emergency management different from the rest. At HCMA, we've changed the way we plan, the way we organize our response operations, how we analyze risk, how we visually consume and share information. And as you can see with this podcast and our social media footprint, we've changed our public outreach and communication strategy. From my viewpoint, these successes are 100% attributed to having a diverse workforce with diverse perspectives. For me though, I'm actually more interested in your thoughts on the topic, Jerrica. If we had cameras in the room, folks would see that I'm being interviewed by a young black female emergency manager. And I think if we let people in a bit more, what most people don't know, even in the agency, is that you and I have candid discussions about diversity, equity, and equality all the time. I place a tremendous amount of value in hearing others' opinions, especially those different than myself. Those conversations always help me go grow. So from your perspective, what role does diversity play in emergency management? Does having a diverse workforce help shift or impact the way emergency management responds to disasters? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because I never planned on being an emergency manager. Um, I come from a city, Houston, that is very prone to emergencies between flooding and hurricanes. And it's something that I just kind of fell into. And I think I fell into it as being someone who is naturally just a problem solver. And then seeing the impacts of certain storms and what it did to my community, other communities of color, and how inequipped people were to manage an emergency if it happened to them, how many people didn't have insurance, how many people didn't have um, a vehicle or the resources to go get a hotel for a couple of days because a hurricane was coming. Um, those are things that became very clear to me early on in kind of my emergency management career. Um, and so that's a voice that I'm always able to lend to the table where people think a solution is easy, but the solution is not far reaching enough for the folks that need to be impacted. And from a professional development sort of standpoint, obviously there's a lot of trainings and exercises and things that come along with the emergency management field. And some things that I've had to explain to counterparts that they don't always understand is there are trainings that I won't go to depending on what city and state it is because I don't feel comfortable as a black woman traveling there alone. Or there's things that 
you know, naturally come up as part of that training, that week-long ICS class where people are going to lunch together or grabbing drinks after training that I'm often not included in or invited to. So it makes trying to better the field um, and give a, a different perspective of things a unique uh, challenge at times, even though it's very rewarding to be able to, you know, speak and represent for, for people who might not be thought of immediately when we're doing plans or making big decisions. Um, it doesn't come without its fair share of discomfort. So, and I'd add to that and kind of roll into my next question mm -hmm. is that I'm normally the youngest <laughs> woman who is also black in a room. Um, and at ITSEMA, we have a high percentage of young professionals. Um, and this profession is tough to break into. So what advice do you have for those looking to break into emergency management and any specific thoughts on the best way to do that? Yeah, I always love your stories. Uh, but great question. So that's, that's the hard truth. Um, it is very tough to get into this field if what you want is a traditional county or state job. Why? Because as a profession, we're still heavily response focused and response agencies tend to favor career longevity in their ranks. I can't tell you how many jobs I've interviewed for over the years just to learn that I was passed up for a former fire chief, police chief, or military commander with like 30 plus years of experience. Uh, it's been a challenge to overcome personally. I've definitely had those moments where I felt like I'll never be a director or administrator strictly because I'm not a man. And I know that that sounds really silly to say out loud, um, but I know a lot of my counterparts around the country feel the same disadvantage. My advice to young or emerging professionals is to think outside the box. Volunteer your time to bump up that resume experience. Apply to the private sector, whether it's utilities, banking, or consulting. Look into higher education opportunities. There's more emergency management, risk management uh, jobs that are available than just city, state, or, or county jobs. Um, keep your head up and write down your goals and work towards them incrementally. Small steps forward are still called progress. And it's okay to follow an unconventional path. Just don't deviate from your goals. That's great advice, um, and I know that there's been people at our agency that you've mentored and helped get to that to that place, so thank you for sharing that. Um, do you have any tips or words of wisdom specifically for our lady listeners who might be interested in emergency management work? Absolutely, so that <laughs> one's easy. Um, don't let others tell you that you can't do it. Speak up, grab that seat and sit at the table. We've all had our fair share of doubters. For me, I was a young female consultant without any first response experience when I put my name in the hat for various professional association leadership roles. And I was literally told I wouldn't secure votes because I was a woman, and I'm quoting. <laughs> I took that as a challenge and I worked hard strategically to prove them wrong. Moving away from association work, some folks also didn't think I could be in a leadership position for an urban area emergency management program, such as DCH SEMA. Because look, on the surface, I'm in my mid-30s and I have two young kids. I was asked on several occasions, are you sure you can handle that? Won't the time commitment be too much? Won't you miss important meetings to be with the kids or miss the kids to be at work? Do you think they said any of that to my male counterparts? No, no way. So I took that as a challenge as well. I'll prove the doubters all wrong. I guess that is the headstrong part of me though, which is both a blessing and a curse at times. <laughs> Bottom line, for anyone looking just to break into the field, be bold and aim high. Even when you think it's impossible, go for it anyway. Do nothing by accident, do what's right, and never let anyone tell you you can't do it because you don't fit their stereotype. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and it's definitely 
something that I've I've learned from you working with you that it's okay to uh, be a little strong at times. And, you know, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, then, you know, people will forgive you at the end. We're kind of rounding out our questions, um, but I wanted to close with asking if you faced any challenges as a woman working in such a male-dominated field and how you think these experiences have shaped your work ethic and your attitude towards emergency management and preparedness. Um, Without being too negative on the subject, yes. I'd say I've been accused of being too aggressive, hardcore, and assertive many times in my career. In fact, as early as last week, I was actually told that I think like a man at work. Um, I've never sat in in a conversation and heard a male counterpart give the same feedback that a man thinks like a woman at work. But if I'm being perfectly honest, I've stopped listening to the noise because that's exactly what that is, it's just noise. That doesn't mean that I don't work really hard to make sure my communication style is clear, concise, and candid, but I have not backed down from being assertive. I have found that it gets the work done and being candid and clear leaves very little room for confusion or miscommunication. I'm here to get a job done. And that's exactly what I'm doing, one day at a time. I encourage all women emergency managers to stay focused on the mission and don't let it get you down. Your good work will speak for itself. Thank you, Carrie, for joining us for this discussion today. I think it will really encourage and inspire other women and people who are interested into breaking into emergency management to take that next step. Uh, We hope that everyone who joined us today will join us for our next episode in two weeks. Stay safe and thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Muriel Bowser, Mayor of Washington, D.C., and the District of Columbia Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency.